Hey y'all, it's Liz. Just wanted to pop in and apologize for the tech issues that we did have recording this episode. It does get better if you hang tight throughout the episode. So we still hope you enjoy it and we are working on fixing this issue. Let us know how we did. Thanks. You know, my biggest thing and advice is don't be afraid to ask questions either. Most horsemen, whether they're on our board or anybody else, are very helpful. them in on the rail at a jog please on the rail at a jog all right so today's guest is a father and daughter duo um and we're super excited to be talking to them in the midst of the american quarter horse congress getting ready to kick off in what i think is like eight days now so if you two would like to introduce yourselves um you can go ahead and do that my name is Brett Maxwell. I live in West Mansfield, Ohio. I'm a professional horse trainer. I'm a professional horseman and QHA and NSBH. Well, my name is Alexa Maxwell. I'm Brent's daughter. I'm a stone horse since I was four years old. I got in the industry because of their involvement. Uh, it's also been kind of the industry I not only grew up in, but that I work in now. I work for Ohio Court Horse during the Congress time and my own business as well. And then I own my um, own horses on the side. And what are your roles specifically with Congress for each one of you? I'm a past president of the Ohio Court Horse Association, uh, which makes me an honorary director. I'm also on the executive committee. So I'm still involved uh, very much with uh, the Congress. Um, like all other directors on the board, uh, we are all part planning. Um, that takes years longer. As any other director, you know, I'm involved with any part of making the patterns to judge selection and to bringing new ideas, new classes that we offer to Congress for the future. Very cool. I worked for Hacker Horse during the month of, where from the end of August to um, just last week in September. I work with doing the entry process. So we fix any problems coming in with the online entries, adding classes in that maybe somebody missed, um, making sure everybody's stalled where they're supposed to be. We just finished up stall assignments last week. Um, so it's also my job to input the stall assignments into the system um, and handle anything that really has to do with the entry um, process of the Congress. And then this year, I'm representing Ohio as their Ohio queen for the Queen's Contest at the Congress. So it's kind of been a new role for me to take on. Uh, it's been really, really exciting. And I've got to do a lot of different things this year. But it's kind of interesting to, you know, see this aspect of the Congress that my dad has. Obviously, I get to be around and see that a lot. And then to also be able to see it from my side, it just kind of gives you a, a real eye opening into how much process and planning that the Congress takes. So I do have one question on Alexa. You said that you run your own business. What can you go into a little bit of detail about that? Yeah, so I have a professional banding business. Um, like a lot of amateurs, that's the easiest way for me to make money and travel at the same time. Um, I've done some odd jobs this year as well. I've worked for show management at a couple of our um, Ohio shows. 
And that's been really, really interesting. But most of the time I band horses on the evenings that I'm not doing anything. Um, it makes for some late nights, but it's, it's good money. And I have had a lot of really, really good success with people giving me the opportunity to help them make their show experience a little easier. Cool. I just, I couldn't imagine banding and braiding and showing all in the same weekend. I don't miss any of that part of showing is the banding and braiding process. <laughs> but it awesome. takes forever. <laughs> um, oh yeah. I like, I will pay somebody every time to do my horse's mane and tail because it just is so much work, but it looks so good. So you did touch on that you were the Ohio quarter horse queen. Um, can you tell us what it's been like and what all you'll be doing while you're at Congress and fulfilling that role? So it's been a really, really cool experience. Um, as an AQHYA past director, I got to hand out awards at the World Show for a couple times, but not in the capacity that you get to hand out awards as queen. Um, you know, it's it's really cool to see all the little girls that want to be you and, oh, can I get a picture with the queen or, you know, want to wear your crown? So it's really cute on that aspect. But I think my favorite part from the whole journey of this year was being able to go out to the youth world, um, which I'd not been out since I was out of youth. So it was kind of nostalgic in a way. But it's also really cool because when you're down at the awards table there in the middle of the arena, we have the actual results. So we know who's winning the class. And I kind of made it my job to, if I knew who the people were, or I try to pick out their parents and their trainers and kind of be able to watch the reaction as it got down to like that last two or three. And mm -hmm. I think that was what was really, really special to watch and just get to experience it. You kind of felt like you experienced a moment with maybe somebody you didn't even know. But it's been really nice because I've gotten to travel quite a bit and um, be able to hopefully represent Ohio to the best of my ability. But at the Congress, I will be doing, um, starting the 5th, we have our orientation stuff. So there's that that we have to do. And then there's a three-day span where we do everything from our interviews. Um, we'll go and do our test one morning. And then we'll also one day go out and give our um, thank you cards that we have um, every queen contestant has about close to 450 to 500 thank you cards made, um, which we'll personally sign and hand out to all the vendors at the Congress. Um, and then the last day we have the queen's horsemanship, and then we have the um, final presentation during the intermission of the freestyle reigning. Awesome. That'll be exciting. I enjoyed watching that like, last It's year. a lot in one day. <laughs> it's like, it sounds like you're going to be very, very, very busy this year. Extremely. <laughs> it looks like you've had a great NSBA world show experience and you had your ranch horse and turned it into kind of an all arounder. Can you tell us about that experience and what made you decide to like go after those other events? Yeah. So his name is Carl. We call him, if you follow me on Facebook or <laughs> form of social media, you know, we call him uh, Carl the wonder pony because of all of the things that he does. Um, it started as kind of, I didn't end up taking my all around horse to one show. And for anyone that knows me at all, knows that I do not well, like do well sitting still. <laughs> I have to be doing something. So I wasn't okay with just showing one class at the horse show. So I was, as a joke, I was like, oh, let's show the, the horsemanship, you know? Um, and then he turned it out to be kind of good at it. So the following year we decided, well, you know what, let's do the horsemanship and the equitation at the NSBA world because he's a Palomino. So he's color eligible for the, the color classes. And we went that year, I think I'd showed him in the horsemanship maybe twice, maybe once in the egg. And he was second in the equitation and third in the horsemanship behind, um, you know, the great Michelle Fornes and, and Deanna Green. So that was like an accomplishment itself. 
Um, so then the following year, I was like, well, you know what? Let's do something even more crazy. Let's add the showmanship on, you know, at the time, the 16-year-old ex-derby horse that now does only the ranch riding. Um, <laughs> I never showed him in the showmanship. And I decided to make our maiden voyage at the NSBA World. And he ended up fifth. So then I think Carl hates the NSBA World simply because that is the horse show that he has to do everything at. Um, the last day, we literally went from the Eck. The very next class was the ranch riding. And then after that was the ranch trail. So it was a very long day for him. But it was kind of something that we did almost just to kind of test him and see if he would, because he's very busy bodied. But it turned out into something that he really enjoys and is really, really good at. That's awesome. I love him. Yeah, I love him. He's all his pictures that you put online are so cute. I'm like, I'm such a fan. So we kind of touched base on some of the roles that you guys will be doing in regards to the Congress this year. Um, Can you kind of like touch base on all of the work that goes into the planning aspect of Congress? Maybe Brent, this would be a great question for you. Um, Just like, are you guys planning all year or how does your yearly plan go? And then how does prepping each day for Congress go for you guys? Yeah, definitely the planning process is year-round and already started for next year Congress um, before we even get this one going. So um, like the judge selection process for next year already started in phase one. Uh, you know, then kind of typically once we get through the Congress, you go back with uh, your programs and things like that. Uh, so it's definitely a year-round project. Um, you know, always constantly monitoring industry and needs there um, as well. Like this year, uh, we have level two classes in the Western riding and the trail. So those are some changes. So, you know, just the constant planning process um, and keeping up with everything. You know, Scott Myers is our CEO, uh, of course, and he's on top of all that with the staff that we have. Um, it's definitely a process, a community process. And uh, some of the projects that we get into um, might take a couple of years to get developed just so that when we do them, um, uh, all the bugs out now that goes to these for new things. So uh, it's definitely a process. Brent, do you also participate in the um, area of being a trainer during Congress or you're strictly just in the administration side there? Well, when I was president, I was not allowed to compete. Um, I was allowed to have horses there and my client could show, but um, I was not allowed to compete actually and partake in judge selection process as well. So I will be competing. Um, so now that I'm a president, uh, I will have horses there. We've got 17 horses we're taking this oh, wow. year. Um, so we'll be able to compete. Wow. But I'll still be, I'm always available. I'm kind of a familiar face among the directors and staff there as well uh, for people that have questions or anything like that. So we try to, you know, make everybody's experience the best it can be. Um, try to help take the sales for the special events. Uh, but the chairman, mainly they're, uh, they're elected as daily meetings, constantly monitor the daily things that happen at the Congress and uh, make sure things are running smoothly and, and with any changes that but definitely um, still be busy, active, um, and helping with the association. Um, anybody listening, if you are looking for a director, most of us have to get a guy through the Horse Congress. They don't have a name badge on it. So you know, be sure to look for those if you have any questions or find me personally. 
um, to do that. It's uh, an ongoing process that we need to on top of for every. And I assume it takes like all year long to plan the Congress, or do you guys even start like in the year, you know, like even a year and a half out or really when does the start? So for the 2022 Congress, when did you guys start planning this show? Well, like I said, usually going in like this year, going into the 22 Congress or 2023 already um, by going ahead and go through the first stage of the judges selection process. So that stage has already started. Um, you know, and there's Scott has a plan that we go through. You have to get vendors and turn vendors and everything else. You know, part of the Congress, all the dirt gets hauled in, all of the fence that needs put up, extra stalling. There's many fence. Um, they've been in since the 1st of September, putting the arena walls up in the Celeste Center. Um, East Ohio, which I'm president of, has a show there. The second weekend in September, so there we had the Coliseum um, done, put in, everything grew there. They were still in the process of getting all the stuff set up and all the arms and arenas. So um, definitely it is a year-to-year process. Um, it's got a pretty good pattern to be handled. Since COVID, you know, we often obviously expenses have changed. There had to be um, changes, and some of the suppliers and things that we had before just weren't available. You know, the companies went out of business, things like that. So there's been some major changes um, since that. Just sure there happens. We we're ahead of schedule um, this year and getting things prepared and ready. And entries are up. Um, it's going to be a great year, but. Like I said, you definitely have to uh, stay on top of it and uh, from year to year. I do have one question for Alexa real quick, and then I'll let Liz get back to her question. But um, what is like, what is planning the stalls like for you? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I can't even imagine. You and uh, I think Nicole Barnes does the stalls for NSBA, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm like both of you. That's a, a huge job. So it's really cool because Scott is there. We had a lot of directors come in um, or executive board members come in and they know kind of where they were stalled. They can't, they can't, uh, sorry, we keep track of who was stalled where in the previous year. And we try to accommodate those people in back into the stalls that they um, were in the previous year and that they've requested. Um, but ultimately it's like playing giant Tetris of trying to get people in where they fit, you know, where they want to be. Um, close to people they do, far away from people they don't. You know, it's it is a huge, huge job that I'm glad that my only part in doing the stall assignments is putting in the numbers that they give me in the computer because I could not imagine the amount of pressure and just hard thought that goes into putting everybody in the right spots and, and making sure that everybody's happy. And it's a job that they do very, very well. And we always try to make accommodations if, you know, something got messed up through the system or, you know, maybe somebody put in that the wrong, they wanted a different barn. Um, we always try to make things better for our exhibitors and, and try to make it overall a smooth process. Gotcha. It sounds like a very well-oiled machine. It is. Yeah. I can only imagine trying to find places to put, what, like five to 6,000 entries of people and all the horses that come through there, that's, that would be tough. I would not want that job. Yeah. Um, you know, in the stalling situation, 
we have phases where the raining comes in early and then the raining moves out. So that whole adequate bar needs to be cleaned out before the all around and the rest of the horse show can come in. Um, there's also ranch riding horses that are early now in the schedule. Those that aren't staying for the rest of the horse show will be in that barn. Um, you know, some horse trainers have to struggle because they can use their stalls to bring their ranch riders in, but they can't bring the rest of their stock in. Wow. So um, there'll be a process where once the raining is done, those horses leave. There's just a short day uh, turnover to get all those stalls cleaned out and ready for uh, new people to come in. So you know, that involves Wayne Davis betting, everybody else getting the betting in. Uh, those people can't set up their stall fronts. So the Adequan barn gets very busy <laughs> after the raining starts to move out. And um, then when the contesting horses come in um they're not pre-assigned stalls as well so then there's organization there is to find empty stalls for them to get into their areas as well so it's definitely constantly uh, a moving game and to keep a, a flow of the horses going through so that the process is easy for everybody but it is a lot of work and uh the team has to stay on top of that that sounds just just so much planning <laughs> I know like like I don't even I don't know, even know yeah. where you go with that that's just a lot um right so with all the planning that you guys are doing and then um you know Congress coming back last year and now we're having after the COVID break we had Congress last year and then coming into 2022 what are you guys most excited about for this year is there anything that like sticks out to you that you're just super excited to be happening you know, once we took a break, I think everybody was happy just to get back into the horse show scene again. Um, and we were pretty fortunate in Ohio uh, as far as just weekend horse shows. Things kind of kept moving. But um, for the major event like the Congress, you know, last year was um, we added some barn parties. Um, we had an open party there behind the vendor area. And then we had different barn parties in each one. So we're looking at stepping those up against this year, trying to be a little bit more exhibitor friendly. You know, and the coming into this year, um, of course, stalls and entries look to be showing growth again. And, you know, we're limited on space there at the fairgrounds. So that's why we have the stall turnover to make that all work to try to give everybody the best stalling. But it's been um, a process for sure, um, getting everything back and working with the, the vendors and um, the exhibitors as well. You know, it's been a, a group group effort to make sure that we got back to the, the game we were playing before and uh, to the level that we were before. And I think everybody will see the, like the new improvements and things that are going on. We added the L2 classes this year for the trail and Western riding. Um, so that's a new um, thing for us. And we're looking into some other ideas for, uh, for the future. And like I said, we'll just have to implement the, them in the process and see where they might fit into the schedule. Perfect. That's exciting. Are um, your numbers and date or sorry, numbers and entries, stalls and entries, are those numbers what they were pre-pandemic now? Um, they are closer to what they were pre-pandemic. Um, and actually, I can't give you the final number because I'm not sure since the last phase of entries and that's just all i'm going to say about that but um sure. you know we had that change in entries there um prior to that we were up in entries from last year um in comparison to pre-covid it was about the same so um you know the the interest is still there um in the congress and I think we see, um, I got asked this question a lot is, you know, what draws people to the Congress? And 
there are people, there's a lot of people you'd be surprised that don't go to other AQHA shows. They might go to one, but they take vacation. They come spend the whole time with the Congress and compete. So I think that's the draw of it that, you know, keeps it big. Those novice classes are huge. Um, and we see a lot of different levels of exhibitors there and, and kind of fun to see some of those exhibitors come and enjoy it and come back and see their growth as they come. But Definitely things that are still growing, um, and uh, we're trying to manage those growing pains with the Expo Center, too, with new buildings and things like that. So when you're talking about future planning for the Congress, it's not about your day-to-day -day events. It's looking at new barns and um, new stalling areas and improvements like that. So those things can take years to get done um, when you're dealing with uh, cities and, and politicians. So as a director, what is your typical day like going? through Congress? Like, just give us a rundown of a day. At the Congress, you know, I'll do my duties as a trainer right now. Um, so mainly everything is set up like um, we have a team that helps with move-in. So you have people that meet you at the specific barns to help eliminate parking problems and try to keep things moving on. So um, there's a team of directors that are assigned dates and times um, to help with that. And then once that progresses, um, most of the horse trainers, we have a professional horseman committee. Um, they will monitor the arenas and you know, trafficking. You know, if there's too much ponying, we'll you know, send them out to the track area out behind the, by the Laoshi building, by the sale barn. Um, and just the condition of the arenas. And again, you know, we're there to assist any type of exhibitors. So while I'm doing my job as a trainer, I'm also assisting like other directors, um, through the process at, at OQHA. And then, like I said, um, for the ticketed events, like the bull riding and the freestyle reining, we will help with ticket sales there. Uh, we'll scan tickets and help get people seated. Um, so it's definitely a group effort and a lot of work. You know, we have a small staff in the Ohio office that works permanently on a daily basis. But then at the Congress, we're upwards of 150 uh, employees. So that just kind of tells yeah. you um, the change of what it takes to just go into the Congress and get moving. Wow. What about you, Alexa? What's your daily schedule like or going to be this year? Um, so I'll be working at Dallas for the first part of the Congress um, and also having some banding horses there as well. Um, and then from the 5th to the 8th will be the Queen's competition. Um, so that'll be what I do during that part of time. And then depending on the outcome of that, I could just be queening all day um, mm -hmm. or I'll end up uh, working some more at rods and uh, banning some more horses for that because I'm not showing this year. So that's just it's a very slow year for me. <laughs> I say it's it that slow, way. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> holy, holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I need some of that energy of yours. That's for sure. <laughs> I know, that's what I'm thinking. What is something that you would like people to know or appreciate about all the staff of Ohio Quarter Horse or just any of the staff or the show to make it function? What is something that you think people should just know to help, you know, just appreciate everything that's being offered for them? Well, like I said earlier, um, the daily tasks that get done are done with a very small staff and they're very dedicated. Some of them are long-term employees. Um, they put in a lot of hours, a lot of time. They care just about us, about the Congress just as much as we do. And it's a team effort. I mean, they work really, really well together and they do a lot. I mean, the Congress wouldn't happen without the staff. 
um, that we have. And then, you know, the fun is getting to bring in the rest of the employees at the Congress and the new, there's, there's a lot of old faces there that you've seen uh, year after year, but then there's a turnover of new faces and um, things like that to come in. So I know the days get long and uh, sometimes people get a little grumpy, but I just like people to appreciate the fact that the amount of work that those people put in on a daily basis, uh, primarily the staff, um, the permanent staff, but then again, the, the folks that are there giving their time and helping out with the Congress too. Um, they all care about it and are trying to do their best to help everybody and, and get the best experience that they can. So if everybody could just, you know, tell everybody, you see somebody, tell them what a good job they're doing. And it makes a difference. I could imagine that would be a nice compliment after a long day. I feel like no matter what, kindness goes a long ways, always in any situation. And I think we forget that too, all too often anymore. You did touch on what the numbers and stalls and everything were like from the pandemic, but have you had any like significant changes to the events to, I mean, you said you, you implemented some parties and whatnot. Um, what about fil- facility improvements since the pandemic? You know, what has, what's the ramp up been like since everything was shut down in 2020? Um, you know, just general cleanup, um, the expo center itself, you know, during 2020 with city funds, um, you know, also was struggling with help. I mean, anybody in any type of um, industry involving employees right now knows how hard it is to get help. So um, there were a lot of efforts made to get things back up to running condition and uh, get the fairgrounds looking um, new again. Um, there's constantly improvements and the expo center works really good with us in um, making those improvements. So, you know, any suggestions? Um, Dr. Myers works with um, the Expo Center very well and um, keep it uh, everything up and running smoothly. Um, there are a lot of still some old buildings there and whatnot, but I think uh, between them and the efforts of um, the Expo Center and some funding with the uh, OQHA and the Congress, um, you've seen a lot of improvements over the years, and that's something that we continue to, to look into as well. I definitely loved being in the Attaquan last year. That was my, I, I know everyone kind of complains that it's far away, but I actually like being back in that corner. <laughs> it's just nice to be back there. There's definitely different facets. Everybody has their own little areas that they like, you know, some like being down in the, the swine barn and the, the, to be near the Denny Hales arena down in that area. And, you know, it, there's just, it's it's vast, so there are some different areas. Although NSBA, I had to walk clear to the trail pen from the furthest far ends of the earth, so I can re- I can relate to uh, some of those distances. But you know, all in all, we get to show our horses, and uh, when you get to walk that far, you get to see some of the other things along the way too. So taking the sights, I guess. Oh yeah, that was actually one of the things I like just enjoying. Like after a ride, I would just literally walk my horse wherever just to like get out and about and let him see things. I was probably like, that was just a downtime thing to enjoy being there. So we were talking about the pandemic a little bit and we keep kind of bringing it up, but what was it like in 2020 when we, well, when you guys had to cancel Congress, did that, how did you guys overcome that? And then going into 2021, what was the thought in everyone's mind? Were you nervous that we you would have to cancel last year as well? Or was it kind of like we knew it was going to be able to happen? Or how did you guys plan 2021? 
Well, to go back to 2020, that was we when we're elected as president, we get a two year term and then you have to step down for a year if you want to rerun or two. But the 2020 was my second year, um, a COVID year. So we did get to cancel the Congress, but we were planning on having the Congress right up until the day that we canceled. We just kept pushing forward, um, you know, ordering um, jackets and stuff, trying to go with the difference so that they're ordered, but they don't have the year on them. So if things, you know, just had to plan ahead in case it was canceled with the induction of COVID, of course, you know, made us aware. And then there were so many changes with the spread and whether they're going to allow you to have an event and then have restrictions um, and whatnot. And, you know, some of those concerns addressed too, if there's COVID cases that come up and we did have the Congress, then they would shut the Congress down. Um, so there's financial losses there for not only us, but exhibitors and vendors. Um, so we had to look at every aspect from not only our point of view, but from the exhibitors, the vendors, anybody who had anything involved with the Congress. So like I said, we waited until the last minute to kind of see where the trends were working as far as cancellations and what they might allow us to do before we canceled. And then once we did, you know, we just set up and started working for next year um, for 2021. And, you know, fortunately, the restrictions started to lighten up and change. And, you know, we were hopeful that we would be able to get to, to push forward. So we didn't treat it like any other year. We treated it like we're going to have a Congress this year. We're going to do everything uh, to make it happen because there are just so many moving and working parts that if you, you know, let any of those slack, um, it's hard to make them up and make everything happen on time. Like, say, there's a schedule that things need to happen concurrently in order to make the whole horse show happen the way it does. So we just, you know, made move forward and, you know, we're going to have a Congress this year and any changes that come along, you know, we would adapt. But um, the team uh, with being led by Dr. Myers just you know, kept pushing forward and, you know, just move forward. It would be hard, I feel like, having all of those plans already and then having like that day decide that, you know, it's a no go. That would just be a little soul crushing, I feel like. Yeah, it was definitely not an easy decision to make. And like I said, we we rode it as long as we could and had all the oars in the water, but um, we ran ashore with all the restrictions. So um, it, like I say, it was best for everybody, you know, just taking everybody in consideration. It was the best decision and had to be made. So on that note, were you guys ever concerned with the show in Ocala, the fall championship show? I know last year was the first year and then we've all heard that it's been canceled this year. Was it ever, do you think it affected anything last year at all? Well, you know, I'd be lying if I said we weren't concerned when it started anytime. You know, the Roberts family has built, you know, one of the most <laughs> uh, beautiful equine facilities in the world. And unfortunately, our industry isn't big enough to handle competing events. So I think we're much better together as a, as two different entities to try to uh, help exhibitors out. But it really did not affect us last year. We were down slightly in some of the pleasure stuff. And that was to be expected with some of the monies and things being offered down there. And, you know, some of the, uh, the horse trainers and talking to them, the clients, it's a beautiful facility. It was um, like a destination horse show, if you will. You know, some people go out to Arizona once, you know, they may never go again, but they go once or they love it and go back. Um, so I felt like it was a destination place. Like I say, it's a beautiful facility mm -hmm. with mm -hmm. that. But we were still successful 
uh, with the Congress economically, and uh, we're able to meet our goals there. So um, this year, like I say, we were back on track prior to the cancellation of the event, which we hated to hear. You don't like to see anything like that happen to anybody in the industry. But then we tried to accommodate the exhibitors that had made plans down there because our entry deadline had come to a close. So the executive committee made a decision to extend that deadline to try to allow any of those people um, that found themselves in that position the opportunity to still come to the Congress and compete at, a, at an event during that same time period. Did you see an uptick in entries then? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So what we were already above you know, as we neared our deadline, um, we did a new process this year of um, entering through the horse show tracker. So that was something new this year. Of course, it had some changes in it, and there's always little glitches anytime you deal with technology. Um, so I think we got those all worked out. Um, and Alexa saw a lot of those on her end on the entry side of it. But, um, you know, we worked past that. And, you know, at that point, when our entry deadline was closing, we were up from last year, and then we did see an influx afterwards, um, which to be expected with entries from the other horse. It wasn't huge, but it definitely makes a difference um, in entries and stalling. You know, the stalling in the past, last year we've been able to able to accommodate everybody in all of the permanent structures, whereas this year um, we'll probably be pushed outside of our limits a little bit to some of those open-sided buildings again. I have one last question for myself about Congress. Brent, since you're a trainer, what would you say to a exhibitor that's going to show for the first time? And Alexa, what would you say to somebody who is just going to visit Congress for the first time? Um, so somebody coming new, and there's a lot of different levels because there are people that come without a horse trainer um, and there are people there with horse trainers. Mm-hmm. So um, I think those that are with Trainers are probably going to be have a better sense or at least be directed in um, what they need to do, what arena schedules are, where to ride and that kind of. Whereas you may have somebody, it's their first time, um, they're not with a horse trainer and they come in. Um, you know, my biggest thing and advice is don't be afraid to ask questions. Either Most horsemen, whether they're on our board or anybody else, are very helpful if you see somebody, I know there's people that don't know um, some new exhibitors that don't know the use proper use of draw reins and things like that, which, you know, would incur a citation. You know, I will pull people aside and just say, hey, just so you know, we have guidelines for that. Show them how to properly use them or here's different ways you can use them. Um, you know, if you don't know where all the riding areas are, you're not aware that there's work schedules in the arenas late at night. There's just a, a lot of different things, I think, that can help our exhibitors. And we make that available. Those writing schedules are available on the tracker. But new people may not know that's where you need to look for those. So, like I said, if you're having trouble with anything, just reach out to one of us as directors. Go to the office, the staff in there, or it, generally any horse trainer, I believe, uh, with all my heart, would assist anybody that needed any help. Even if you're having trouble with your horse, I, I think anybody would reach out and help you. It's a very uh, good community of people, and I, I think they want to see everybody succeed. Okay, that's great. And since we lost Alexa temporarily, what would you say to, or what advice would you give to just a visitor? If she pops back on, we'll have her answer too. Um, just the, the visitors, again, you know, they vary. Some come just to see, they come the freestyle weekend time just to see all that um, and to see there, you know, there's lots of vending and shopping things to do. So we get, 
uh, a lot of variation in that. But I would say, you know, as you go around, uh, again, if you're having trouble finding something as somebody expecting, there's lots of things um, to do at the horse show and at the Congress. You know, the vendors area is, is very large and it's always something that most people uh, want to spend some time in. I'm sure they're if they're there, they're, they like horses and they're probably looking for something anyway to purchase. So that's always an attraction. But, you know, take some time. You've already paid the to get in uh, the parking pass to get you in. You know, it's cheaper during the week. I believe it's Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, you can get in and watch the horse show. Just the level of competition there is um, so extreme. You can see some really great horses compete in, uh, you know, like I say, we have barn parties and stuff. So if you're there when one of those are going on, you know, feel free to partake in one of those and just kind of get the feel of the environment, you know, that horse show tingle that kind of hits there. It lasts for the first part of the Congress. And by the end, it's pretty much wore off with those work trainers. So <laughs> we're all ready to go home and wait for the world show tingle to hit. So, um, but yeah, there's just so much there to do. And again, there's always somebody that can direct you somewhere. I would probably say just go for the experience. You know, a lot of people get there and they get nervous because, you know, they see all the trophies and the jackets and everything lined up and, and they start to go, oh, I don't know if I can compete with, you know, the people that have been here before or, you know, maybe you just have never competed at that level. It's anybody's day. I mean, even if you go to the world show, you know, somebody may have never shown the horse before, you know, they may have just bought it. They may be a new team. They're animals. You know, they all have a mind of their own. It could be my day today, and I might end up in the dirt the next day. You never know. <laughs> it's kind of what makes the sport as it is. Um, but for somebody visiting, it's like Disney World for horse people. There's something there for everybody. You know, you can, you can shop. You can get any of our clinics and kind of learn about maybe some events that you're just not sure what the rules are, what they're looking for. Um, and you don't have to be an exhibitor there to be welcomed into the group of people that are there. Everybody's always willing to answer questions, whether it's a first time exhibitor, a seasoned exhibitor, a trainer, you know, any of the directors. So I think, I think my dad was right on never be afraid to ask questions because it's an industry that I think is only getting better by people being able to share with other individuals. You know, we didn't grow as an industry by trainers never sharing secrets with each other. And the exhibitors have kind of become the same way. Well said. Brent, as a trainer and then overseeing a massive horse show, the economy the way it is right now, where do you feel like our industry is currently heading? You know, it's incredible how passionate people are in this industry. And they seem to be very resourceful. Um, I know just in talking to other trainers and um, just sales here, you know, and saddles and equipment and things like that. The saddle makers can't keep up. And I think there's tremendous growth still. And I'm I'm very confident on how the industry's moving forward. And I think it will, you know, continue to be a priority in a lot of people's lives. So I'm not real concerned about it, uh, quite honestly, because even through the COVID area, uh, even though people cut back and couldn't go to horse shows, as soon as they were, the horse shows were strong and, um, you know, kind of kick back right off where they where they were and and there's just so much growth that's happening now despite you know they talk about recession and things but there's still a lot of money moving in the industry okay brent if people are interested where can they find you would you do you have social media or maybe your training page or how would people connect with you 
I do. If they're going to be at the Congress and have any questions, uh, my stalls are located in the Gilligan Barn. Then also they can instant message me through Maxwell Show Horses. Or if they have my number or somebody has my number that they know, feel free to reach out and text me. Like I say, we want to make it the best experience. Um, I have people call me all the time. And if I can't get the, if I don't know the answers, um, I definitely can get you in the right direction to help people um, get the answers that they need or the assistance that they need at the time, uh, depending on what the matter might be. Perfect. And Alexa, if people would like to connect with you or maybe schedule some banding and braiding, how would they get a hold of you? Um, so anyone can reach me through my Facebook, which is just my name, Alexa Maxwell. I'm on Instagram. Um, I have a TikTok. All my name. Thankfully, I was named something very weird. So it's not hard to find me. <laughs> Um, and then I'll be at the Congress from the 27th to the end, which, to be honest, I've been avoiding looking at what day it actually ends because I know I'm going to be there until then. <laughs> but I'll be working at Rods. Or um, if you have anybody that knows me or follows me on any of my social media, reach out. I'm more than welcome to give you my phone number um, for any questions, you know, whether it be a rulebook question, which I know plenty about now. <laughs> Um, or just any Congress questions or really anything in general, I'm more than willing to answer anything. Perfect. Well, it was very nice getting to chat with you both. And I know, Alexa, you're probably getting ready to go out on the trail as you are walking <laughs> through the woods. So um, we won't hold you guys up <laughs> any longer if Jenna doesn't have any more questions. I just wanted to say good luck to you in the queen competition, Alexa. Yes, and thanks for giving us your time today. And it's very fitting that you're in the middle of a trail ride <laughs> as we're doing this. I love that. And thank you, Brent, as well. And good luck to you and your clients at Congress, too. Thank you very much. If you guys need anything else from us, just reach out. We'll be more than happy to assist you. Perfect. We appreciate that. All right, that'll be your class. Bring them in and line them up.